all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. You're listening to a podcast of Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To your previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Society has a set of ideas about how we expect men and women to dress, behave, and present themselves. Not only that, but there are also unspoken rules about that's that separate out what men and women should do in their professions. What gender assumption would you make for a construction foreman, a mechanic, or a nurse? Let's talk about what's going on in your life today. Share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Good morning and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. And today we're talking about gender roles. Not gender identity, but gender roles. The, the set of ideas about how we expect men and women to dress, to behave, the way they present themselves. Um, in the U.S. and in most countries, there are specific thoughts and in many cultures. Um, but not only are there um, these thoughts about how you dress, behave, and present yourself, but there also seems to be some unspoken rules that separate out what men and women should do in their profession. Now, we know that things have changed a little bit, but my question that I threw out there is that what gender assumption would you make for a construction foreman or a mechanic or a nurse? Um, I can keep naming things, but if I name them, you will instantly think what gender that individual likely would be, right? And so when, when we're talking about gender roles, that's exactly what I'm talking about, the beliefs of who you should be and what you should be. And, you know... Um, we we know that gender roles are often influenced by the media, by family, by environment, by society. So um, gender roles expectation in, impacts an individual, and it can certainly affect their lives and what they end up being. It can affect their destiny. So... We can talk about where that started. It, it started, gosh, probably um, from the beginning of time, but maybe not. So as we move along, I want to talk about that. 
And you can give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. I want you to join in the conversation. We're going to go on to the phones. We have Will in Philadelphia. Hi, Will. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Yes, I was. I have a kind of a comment. I'm a teacher. I teach special education, and I don't do inclusion. I do the the self-contained setting. So I teach our students who are quote unquote more severe, you know, more right. medically fragile, you know, what have you. Right. And um, and I do elementary second through sixth grade. And whenever I chose this field, well, let me rewind. I taught. I worked with adults with special needs for years at summer camps. And then whenever I went, whenever I was in college, I decided to change my major to special education. And the whole time, I was the only male in all the programs. And then whenever I did my internships, and and now at the elementary I teach at, there's, let's see, I can count on one hand how many male teachers there are. But, you know, it's not even really a big a big deal, really. It hasn't in, in the school that I work at. My friends, however, are the ones that think it's a big deal. But I, my my working environment there is there is no big deal. Yeah. So well, I have first of all, I want to thank you. What an awesome awesome profession you've chosen and such a needed area and we do need more men in that. But tell me why why are your friends why why did your friends seem concerned about that as your choice? Was it about money or was it about that men don't do that? Well, it's a little bit of both. At first, when I went to school, I was in school for political science, which is kind of it can go either way, I guess. Right. And uh, and I chose myself to go into special education. I withdrew from the political science program and put myself into into the education program. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't, you know, quote unquote, consult with any of my friends because it's not, you know, their choice to make. But um, exactly. They're all like, oh, you want to be a teacher. You're not going to make a whole lot of money. You know, you're not going to, you know, you're going to get rich doing that. Um, you know, I just finished my first year teaching, and I love my job. Like, everyone, you know, was like, oh, my gosh, how was your first year? You know, like, you know, they're expecting a scary story from me. And uh, I had a great year. I had a really, really good year. So that that is so awesome. Now, I will tell you that – Sometimes people think that men don't go into the teaching profession because it is really hard to support a family with the teacher's salary. And and I, with along many, many in our state, continue to advocate for teacher pay raises and all. But I agree with you. When I go, I sometimes do conferences and do uh, talks to teachers and educators across the board. And in fact, I, I recently did one to child care um, directors and and workers. And there were, I'm trying to think, maybe two men in the audience at large, which was large. And so that's one of those things we need. We need more um, men in that area. And I appreciate you going into that. Well, Go ahead. said about what you said about um, not being able to have, you know, to, to support a family on a teacher's salary. You know, my students all the time try to guess how old I am and this and that. You know, I'm, I'm, 20, I'm 25, you know, and I tell them all the time, like, you know, I'm not a real adult. You know, I'm an adult, but I'm not a real one. I still live at home. I still, you know, live at home with my parents. And I do have teacher friends who are single parents. And I just, I, you know, 
they're champions. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> it is hard, and that's why we need to continue to work and talk to our legislators and powers that be who who help. But, you know, I think our legislators would go after more and more teacher pay raises if we um, advocated for it, if all their constituents let them know how important that is. So, um, well, thank you. And you are a real adult. You chose a profession <laughs> not for the money, but for the good of the order. And you, I'm so happy you're doing something you love. Well, so, thank you so much. Have a great week. Thank you. And thanks for starting us off. Um, I would love to hear from more of you about exactly why you chose your profession and and if you're happy in it and if you felt like maybe there was some gender bias as to what you should do or not. Um, I I profess that, that there is. Um, you know, many of you who have heard me on this show before when I decided that I would go into the field of medicine and I told my grandfather, who was from the old country, he laughed. He thought it was hilarious. And he he actually um, did not allow his daughter to go to medical school because she did not he did not think it was an appropriate uh, field for for a woman. So, you know, things have changed a lot. I'm in the older age group now, but I do believe that we still have those those gender issues going on. And and let me let you go back um, a ways. Now, we could go back to um, biblical times and talk about that, but I'm going to fast forward into the early 1920s when Freud, Freud, um, Sigmund Freud, his assertion um, was that biology is really the key to the determinant of gender identity, of gender role, of what you should be, who you should be. And and he felt like that, that that's just the way it was. And so we've continued to move forward on that, and obviously there's been a lot of change, and women do things that um, they were never quote, allowed to do in the past. Um, And it's been one of those very gradual changes, I think, until recently, when there's been a lot of rapid movement and push forward. So my question to you is, why do you think there's been such a rapid change on now? It seems like they're not the barriers that there used to be. Um, for women, that women are now a little more able or a lot more able to move into a profession that was perhaps not laid out there for um, women in the past. What do you think made that change? Um, Some women colleges now are reportedly rethinking even about admitting um, just women. Why why are we... um, we, why are we um, allowing just that? Is it? And when we do that, are we pushing women through an area or pushing men through a, a planned area for them? 
Good question. Um, you know, back a few years ago when President Obama was um, sorting holiday gifts for kids at a Toys for Tots, the president decided to place uh, some sporting equipment in the box for girls. And he made a comment that he was trying to break down gender stereotypes. And people got all excited about that. Um but we've had women playing sports for years. Why do you think uh, that is is the case? Why do you think that we continue to say that boys play with trucks and girls play with dolls and that women should be nurses and men should be mechanics? And golly, um, a construction foreman certainly couldn't be a woman because how could they figure that out and how could they even manage that? And do they know how to hold a hammer? I mean, there's so many... Um, biases out there that continue to be out there. Um, So my question to you is, were you taught that boys and girls had a particular place? Did you grow up in a household with absolute gender roles where your mother took care of the house and dad took care of the yard and the only cooking that dad did was that he man grill cooking is that the way it is for you still now and if so that's okay if that's the way you want to be so when we get back we'll get to another caller and we have a couple of surprises for you um we have Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, and Kevin Farrell, someone everyone knows on this radio station, coming back to talk to us about um, their lives and their impressions. Give us a call and join in, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back. MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back, and thanks for listening. We're talking about gender roles, gender stereotypes. Are we forced into particular positions, um, perhaps professions or areas of life that maybe we're not so happy in, but we do it because that's what we're supposed to do? Um, Are you one of those women who engages in the homemaking and the house cleaning and it's maybe um, there's something else out there that you'd like to do? Are you really loving what you do? Did your mother work outside the home? How did that go? Did you feel like it was um, a problem for you? Did you feel like your mother was happy? Um, Was that something that she chose to do? You know, we've talked a lot about uh, being in an area of continued unhappiness uh, and how bad that is 
for your health. And as we're moving along, I just want to talk about how so many times individuals do something because it was what was expected of them. And the reality is they might have been a happier person doing something else. So um, think about that. I want to hear from you. Talk to us about your experiences, whether it was a historical experience, the way you grew up, or what you're experiencing right now in, in your gender role. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. So, as promised, um, we're going to go on to speak with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic who who you hear from weekly on AutoCorrect. Hi, Allison. Thanks for calling in. Hey, y'all. How you doing? I'm doing great. I want to talk to you. You know, I remember when you did your first show um, at the beginning of Autocorrect, and you talked some about your experience as a woman in the the field of um, mechanics, which is certainly dominated by men. Talk to us a little bit about how you got into it and, and how you, and do you feel like it's been one of those experiences that you love and you're so glad you pushed through? I'm, I couldn't be happier that I'm doing it. Um, I feel like I'm bringing something to the field that's a little different. Maybe because I'm a woman, I'm not sure. I, I think um, because I didn't go straight into being a mechanic first out of uh, high school that I've gotten to get an angle from the consumer side of it, too. Um, so that I think that helps out a lot but a car enthusiast for forever. But something that I wished would have happened is um, when I was into cars uh, starting, it was really prominent when I was in junior high because I had subscriptions to car magazines, and no one said anything to me about it. No one thought it was uh, – no one sensed that this was something I could have made a career in. That's I think, is uh, was kind of showing a gender bias in that way. Um, no one knew that I could – have such a, a great career in car mechanics and as I stayed a car person I, you know I never stopped talking about it and no one <laughs> who knows me is surprised <laughs> so you had a, a real passion for it I believe you grew up with it right and but you had a passion for it from a very young age and you kept pushing forward did anybody try to push you back and say no don't do this Allison this is a bad idea women can't do that um, I, I haven't had that, and uh, I'm surprised, but I haven't exactly had anyone encouraging me until I had some success. And then I've started, I've gotten a lot of support since. Right. Um, so that's been good, and my customers are great. When Once they're ready to hire a woman to do something like that, they tend to be a special kind of person, in my opinion. So a lot of my customers are really awesome, and they're obviously, they they can think outside the box. Yeah. Um, one thing that has confused me a little bit, though, is that I've heard it recently from a few friends of mine. They say because I'm a cute chick is why I've, I'm doing well. And I, I should have stopped them and said something, but I just kind of let it slide. Uh. So I did it to have experience. With, and I'm not sure what you would call that, but uh, if it's sexism or, or bias or something yeah. like that. But I don't think I've made it this far 
by being a cute chick. <laughs> I'd yeah. Like to think no. I, in fact, home. Allison, I would think that would almost be make it harder on you in that they wouldn't take you seriously and think you really knew what you were doing. Um, and right. I, I think there I've heard that that pushback that so many times when women are in male-dominated fields, they feel like they cannot be feminine um, or be attractive or it detracts from the seriousness of their job. So I good. think it does, yeah. and it shouldn't. I think, our, I think there is a little bit of, well, you know, she's a cute little chick doing cars. What does she really know? She's getting by with it because of her looks. And I, I definitely kind of get that vibe sometimes. And um, I'm just saying this is something that's happened to me. I don't. I, I hate right. that it has, but it, it has been a factor in it. And I and I have to wonder, like, you know, what do I need to look different, you know, to to be taken seriously? Right. Um, but I, hopefully so I not. Right. I've heard that lately, so yeah. I have I have heard some um, some bias towards me because of that. Yeah. But uh, I don't think I'd be in this position doing what I'm doing if I didn't know anything i don't i don't think i could have wrote in my looks long so i was kind of surprised when they said that right right well thanks for calling in hang with us if you will we're gonna we have a couple of callers waiting and so let's go to mary ann in south haven hi mary ann hello um Tell us what your thoughts are. So have you had, um, are you in a field where gender roles, um, perhaps? I wanted to talk talk about my mother. Okay, great. She was a young teen at the end of World War I and saw the nurses coming home from the war. And she thought, oh, what an exciting profession. And she wanted to be a nurse. And her family told her nurses it's not a nice profession for nice young ladies. Nurses have to change bedpans. They give baths. Uh. You don't want to be a nurse. And so she dropped out of high school and decided that her mother made her go to business college, and she typed typing in shorthand and got a job. And her boss made her go back to night school and finish her high school diploma. And she went off to college and took three years of pre-med before she had to tell her mother that the next year she was starting medical school. Oh, wow. And she went to medical school when they at Indiana University when there were only four women in her class and none in the class before or after her. And um, graduated, practiced in a small town in Indiana most of her life and uh, was well-respected in the community. She did quit practicing when my brother and I were born and stayed home for a while. And my father passed away when I was in college, and she went back. And they were just starting a physical therapy department at the hospital, so they asked her if she would take some quick classes and start that up, and she did that. And she retired again Mm. and worked for Planned Parenthood until she was 80 years old. Wow. (laughs) She sounds like quite the woman, but determined to push through and do what she felt like she needed to do. Though she tried, it sounds like the... 
you know, and certainly the secretarial end of work is an honorable and definitely needed area. But, you know, it sounds like um, her parents at the time, her mother, felt like that that was the more respectable thing to do. And I've heard other nurses tell me that older nurses, that that's what they are, too, that it was not a profession that nice women went into. Um, but to make sure, um, as we go through the show, I hope we'll talk about how important it is that everyone needs to have a passion about what they're doing, and they have to be excited about it. And to try to make everyone fit in in the same little narrow cone or pathway that we expect everyone to do is not right. I, it's it's nice, Marianne, hearing that your your mother was one of those who knew how to move forward and push forward and do what she had a passion for. So... Thanks for that call. That was a great one, a great example. Well, let's let's stay on the lines. We have Michelle, um, who's going to make a comment. Michelle, this is our Michelle McAdoo. Hey, Michelle, what are your thoughts? No, it's not you. Okay, it's another Michelle. <laughs> Michelle. Yes. Hey, I'm sorry, I got fooled. <laughs> Tell us, now, where are you, Michelle? Somewhere in Mississippi? Hello? Hello? Okay, now I can hear you. Okay, all right. Um, Yeah, I'm in southern Mississippi in Gulfport. Oh, great. Well, thanks for calling. Now that we know who you are, tell us about your gender thoughts on gender roles. Um, I was raised in a traditional... I guess, sort of family setting. Um, both parents, mom and dad, had uh, three girls in the house. I was in the middle. My brother was from my father's previous marriage, and he visited. Um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. That's what she wanted to do. Uh, my dad drove trucks. And my mom, went when she did go to work, she went to work for the school district, so she was home when we were home. Um, but that's what they wanted to do. They actually, uh, my father was very adamant about raising us as people, not gender. Nice. And um, so I, in the middle, dad, I was real bad with And I just happened to be the one physically and mentally had the capacity to help out working on cars. We were pretty poor working on cars in the house. And um, although my sisters were, I was working on my car or my dad was working on my car. Uh-oh. Michelle, I'm sorry to hear that you're you're cutting out. So we we don't have a very good connection, but it sounds like that you were you were working with your dad and he was one of those individuals who who um didn't feel like that there was a particular gender role. Um and so you learned how to work on cars and do other things that we traditionally don't teach our girls to do, which is is to me um a sad state of affairs because what you do is if you have a particular 
um, sex that has not been allowed a particular agenda that has not been allowed to learn about other things like guys washing clothes and knowing how to cook. How many men do you know? And men, many of you out there may say, that was me, I'll raise my hand, that I didn't know how to put clothes in the washing machine. I bet your sisters did. Same thing goes for cooking. And we do the same thing with women, not knowing how to change the oil or change a tire or even check the air in a tire. Um why are we doing this? It's it's causing individuals not just to take on an isolated role, but to be helpless in certain areas. So um, I think I'm being told we need to go to our next break. Uh, when we come back, we'll keep talking about uh, gender stereotypes and gender roles and, and why we've had them and maybe why we need to change them. I want to hear from you and what your thoughts are. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send us an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back. If I were a boy, even just for a day, Roll out of bed in the morning and throw on what I wanted and go. Music on demand. Drink beer with the guys and chase after girls. I kick it with who I wanted and I never get confronted for it. Cause they stick up for me If I were a boy I think I could understand How it feels to love a girl I swear I'd be a better man This is an MPB Think Radio podcast Welcome back, and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today we're talking about gender roles and the way we expect particular genders, male or female, to be in a particular area, act a particular way, dress a certain way, all those expectations that can be very limiting at times to individuals. So, I want to go on to another individual that I've asked to come in, Kevin Farrell, someone I think all of you on MPB know who listen to MPB. We hear Kevin's wonderful voice all the time. So thanks for being here, Kevin. Sure. It's uh, good to be back with you. You know, we were on the air together for many years uh, in the earlier uh, iteration of Relatively Speaking. So always good to share some time on air with you. Yeah, back when I was doing it on Mondays at night. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Um, So, you know, Kevin, you and I have talked. uh, You grew up in a family with a brother. Uh, Three brothers and a sister. Three brothers and a sister. Mm -hmm. And and your your parents perhaps were not in 
completely the typical roles. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about your mother? Uh, my mother went to a nursing school, and um, she um, chose to be a stay-at-home mom, you know, with five kids. She had, okay. had a lot of, uh, of uh, to keep up with this, you know, four boys, uh, all within... I, th- I want to say maybe five or six years of each other. That was certainly a challenge. In fact, I remember my dad was uh, in the military and uh, served in Vietnam for a while. Mm. And uh, there was one um, incident where I forget what we did, but the, she she was mad at all four of us. And uh, she, she <laughs> I was, can imagine she was, this was all. You know, she had a belt out, so she was trying to. And we were dodging her attempts at, at lashes, and uh, the more we dodged, the angrier she got. So uh, I don't know why that just – I think that's just kind of a funny thing that sticks out in my mind. But she, you know, she chose she to – She had to be tough, I guess, trying to manage four boys and that girl while Dad was away and was trying to um, – Exhibit her authority. Right. But now your dad, you said he served in Vietnam, and I know that was uh, very honorable and great and probably difficult of him, but in a profession of nursing, right? Right, right. Yeah, which was not a traditional job for a man back then. Right. So this would have been, you know, uh, late 60s, early 70s. And uh, I remember when I was growing up that, you know, oh, well, what does your dad do? And they, I would say, well, he's a nurse. And one of them would, the answer would be, well, no, no, you mean he must be a doctor. And I'm like, well, no, he's a nurse. And then the other one I would get was, oh, well, does he wear a dress? You know, and uh, so yeah. I, I don't think embarrassed was the right word for saying that. Um, but it was, you know, maybe uncomfortable. Um, but, you know, as I look back now and see that I think nursing really has become a male and a female profession, I, I kind of proud that he was maybe one of the one of the trailblazers uh, for making uh, that particular profession something that both men and women could go into and, and have a fulfilling career in. Absolutely. And there, there are many male nurses out there um, who do an awesome job, by the way. I can remember um, back in the day when I was working in emergency rooms, our very best nurse was uh, was a male nurse who was pretty awesome. Um, so absolutely, it's interesting how um, kids uh, fall into that. The kids said, oh, well, does he wear a dress? Um, and, you know, it, it that came from somewhere. Mm-hmm. That came from somewhere. Is it what we do as parents uh, to our kids and have biases there? Or is it the way... You know, even back in the day, media portrayed uh, women in a certain way. I mean, just think about all the shows like uh, Donna Reed and I Love Lucy and Leave It to Beaver. The the mothers were all these perfect homemakers who always dressed nice and had pearl earrings on <laughs> and all that stuff. And I want to know what um, what woman who is a stay-at-home woman really does that? Probably not many. I'm sure there's somebody um, out there right now listening who's uh, mopping the floor going, no pearl earrings <laughs> or necklaces for me right now. But anyway, you also had a brother who was in a different profession, right? Yes. Uh, my brother is a librarian in Hattiesburg. And again, that's kind of a profession that I think the traditional has been a, a woman. But, um, you, you know, I think I, I credit my parents uh, because uh, I, th- I 
a lot of times you hear where a uh, the children will choose a similar profession than their parents. You know, my dad mm-hmm. was this, and so I'm mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Well, I always felt that that we were encouraged to do whatever we felt that we were. There was no pressure to either be in the medical profession or to go into the military or anything. I think that they were both very good at trying to encourage you know, what we were interested in, what we thought we could be, and then support uh, that decision. And, you know, my brother was always, he's a historian and someone who's always enjoyed books. And so uh, he got his uh, degree in library science at USM and um, started out uh, as assistant librarian, has, has worked his way up. And now he, like I say, he's the director of the of the library in Hattiesburg. So. Right, right. And I think that uh, you've heard me say this before, that that's how I grew up, is that be who you want to be. You don't have to be uh, a certain size. I'm a small woman. And so, you know, my dad and mother both spent a lot of time trying to make sure that all of us, all the kids, knew that there wasn't any kind of limit on us. And, okay, well, we have Allison back, and I don't know, Allison, if you heard my question before you you got cut off, but, but my my question to you is any parting words? I think Kevin and I were just talking about how parents sometimes can be so instrumental in leading you to do something or allowing you to do something. I fully agree. Uh, one thing that I've noticed over the years in, in my experience, I'm, I'm 40 now, so I have a, a little bit of experience. I've actually noticed where when you flip the gender roles and say, for instance, boys are babysitting for their siblings or for other kids or you have them cooking meals and home cleaning they do a really good job when i've seen men take over a stay-at-home typical stay-at-home mom situation i've seen them just flourish and uh and then it was good for the kids too and then when you see women do the flip and they go to work uh most of the women i've seen in in and if they're doing a management position or own a business and these different things do really, really well. So I actually like the idea of flipping what we think of as this should be the job you do because you're a woman and this should be the job you do because you're a man. Right. I actually see, I've seen it when it's flipped. It, is, it just works so well and surprisingly good. And I think that has definitely not been the prevailing thoughts for years, and I kind of like that it's changing a little bit now. I, I, I like that. Right. Absolutely. I think one thing that, that you said, I think as you were saying it, sometimes men are better nurturers than their partner. And so it may be that they're really the people who need to be at home with the kids because they're better at nurturing and they're better at the interaction. And and maybe there may the 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 woman may need to be out there um, bringing home the bacon, so to speak, um, because they are not as into the nurturing aspect. Uh, so, I'm definitely yeah. not into the nurturing aspect. <laughs> I am looking for what I call a house husband. So. <laughs> okay, guys. I'd really love to have someone that stayed at home and did all my cooking, cleaning, and went to the grocery store and all this stuff that I absolutely hate doing. But I love to work, and I don't yeah. like doing this little piddly thing. So, yeah, I think I think in my situation, it's definitely a role reversal yeah. going on. 
you like to work at the car making because I will say work at, at in the home is truly work also. But yes. Allison, thank you so much for calling in and everybody. Um, anytime you want to talk to her, just listen to autocorrect and call in. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. All right, thanks. Well, let's go on. We've got um, Slim in Columbus who's been waiting for a while. Hi, Slim. Thanks for calling. How are you today? Doing great. Tell us what your thoughts are. Topic, and it reminded me of a riddle, and I'm sure as a medical professional you may have heard this one before, but it's supposed to be a real stumper. Uh, a, a father and his daughter are involved in a car wreck. The father dies at the scene. The daughter is rushed to the emergency room. Uh, the surgeon comes in, takes one look at the patient, says, I cannot operate on this person because she's my daughter. How can that be? And so it's a it's a real stumper. The obvious answer is, of course, the surgeon is the mom. Right. But because of the way we view uh, certain roles, uh, it was quite perplexing for, for, for people. <laughs> so uh, I guess that just kind of reinforces that there are uh, assumptions made about certain professions uh, as being a male domain or female domain. But uh, it certainly has evolved over time. So I thought I would share that with you. I like I, that. I, I, yes, I have heard that before. And and it is a good riddle because many to- every time I've heard that, people stop for a minute and go, wait. Now, what's the answer to that? <laughs> but it is it is absolutely true. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, really, you know, the perception, too, of, of male and, and female, uh, work, especially in the workplace, uh, probably the, the most profound change uh, in that uh, was probably World War II, because uh, at that point women began to go into uh, the uh, the armament industry and perform duties that that weren't uh, typically associated with females. So I think that may have been the the first big uh, substantive change in the 20th century in terms of uh, uh, gender roles in the workplace. So I'll, I'll let let you go, and I really enjoy your program. This is a great topic, by the way. Oh, great! Thanks so much for calling in, Slim. We appreciate you. Okay, well, we are going to take our final break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more with Kevin about the gender roles, the gender stereotypes. Do you think that changed during um, World War II? It got less profound? We'll see. Give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. We're talking about gender roles, and we'll be right back. Throw the skillet, go out and do my shopping Be back before it melts in the pan Cause I'm a woman W-O-M-A-N I'll say it again I can rub and scrub till this old house is shining like a dime Feed the baby, grease the car and powder my face at the same time Get all dressed up, go out and swing till 4 a.m. and then Lay down at five, jump up at six, and start all over again. Cause I'm a woman, W-O-M-N. I'll say it again. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Of your many toys 
Welcome back, and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we're talking about gender roles today. Not being told what to do, but doing what is your passion. Going into the field or the role, whether you're a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, getting to do what, what you want to do. All right. Well, let's go back to the phones. We have Angel in Harrison County who is a supervisor. Is that right? Hi. Yes, yes, ma'am. Hi, Angel. Thanks so much for calling. I am told that your dad was listening and said you needed to call. <laughs> he, said, he said, get on the phone right now. This is you. <laughs> well, talk to us about how you got into this and what made you go into this field. I hear you're running for constable. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am, that is correct. I won the seat for a Harrison County supervisor in 2015, started in 2016. Um, just a little side note, we have the only female majority board of supervisors in the nation here in Harrison County on the Wow, how so cool is that? Yeah. It, it is very cool. Someone asked me to run for the position. I've always done male-dominated jobs. I've had a car lot on my own. Everybody always says, that's you and your husband, and it, it's never been me and my husband. It's always been me, so I've had that for 20 years this year. And Before that, I traded horses uh, by myself. Same thing, no husband. There were couple horse traders but there were no female sole horse traders so <laughs> I've always done stuff kind of like that and it sounds like your father is highly supportive because he he called and said this is you so did you feel like your mom and your dad were um were those people who just let you know you could do what you wanted to do and it didn't have to be a particular area for sure. When I got this job, I had to work really hard. I was well-known in the county where I live, but not in the city. You have a lot of city voters, so I had to get out there and work real hard. And I fought hard to get the job. I got the job, and I went in, and the politics were incredibly ugly. Uh, you, you go up against all kinds of sorts of nasty things, and um, it, it's just not a it's not a nice thing. And so when it was it was really hard things that you had to face. And people talk about the board and what you're doing, and some people just associate you're in politics, you're dirty the minute you step in, and that that's very hard to swallow when you come from a good godly family with Christian values, and, and you live that way, and people want to crucify you just for your job title. That, that was a little tough to stomach, but right off the bat, I told my parents, you know, I'm so thankful that you guys gave me everything that I needed to do this job well, because without that background, I, I would have caved pretty right. quick. Right. That's it takes. That's what it takes is the support behind you. But it sounds like you were pretty determined. Well, good luck in what you do. It sounds like you are one of those trailblazers and forgers. And so um, I know Harrison County is moving up and doing a great job in many areas. And so I'm sure you are 
instrumental in that. So thanks for your call, and thanks to your parents for um, making sure that, that you have the ability to do what you do. So Sure. And, you know, talking about gender, what was surprising to me, because uh, I gave it 100% as a supervisor, when I told, made the announcement that I was going to change from supervisor to constable, I said the one group I can count on is my ladies because they have been so supportive. But instead of uh, at first, now they're all on board, but at first they were like, that is too dangerous. You don't need to be doing that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's one of those things. So, yeah, not sure why only men should be put in danger. But with that said, good luck, Angel, and hope all goes well for you. Um, Kevin. Yes. Thanks again for joining us. Do you have any other parting words that you would like to add to this? Well, we were uh, talking during the break. My dad uh, also uh, used a man purse uh, in the 70s. And uh, we lived in Germany, again, uh, stationed overseas. And so I think the norms were a little bit different. But as we were talking in the break, I don't think he intended to be some sort of trailblazer or whatever. At the time, he was a pipe smoker. So he had his pipe, his tobacco, his lighter, his wallet. And so for him, it was just this is... Functional and something, yeah, something for me to carry around. And when you think about it, fanny packs, backpacks, it's basically a purse anyway. That's exactly, (laughs) exactly right. People are so funny about stereotypes. When we travel in Europe, my husband carries a bag. We call it his purse, but (laughs) absolutely for convenience. And, um, of course, in the U.S., until just a few years ago, if you did that, people would make assumptions Mm -hmm. about you. So with all that said, thanks so much to everybody today. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, Thank you, Allison. And thank Thanks to all our callers for your wonderful input. I think the the general consensus of this show today was that the truth is what we need to do instead of being gender specific and trying to put everybody in the same box. What we need to do is if you have a love of something, a passion of something or a skill set in an area that you know you can give back It doesn't matter whether you're a girl or a boy, a man or a woman. Um, It means that you need to do what you love to do. That way we'll all be a lot happier. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. And today's show is engineered by our producer, Michelle McAdoo, our call screener, Jay White. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking, and that you'll stay tuned for NPR's Here Now coming up next on MPB Think Radio.